Our scripture lesson today is taken from the 12th chapter of the book of Genesis, verses 1 through 4. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Emerson wrote, language is good as fairies and horses are for conveyance, not as farms and houses are for homestead. Lord, may the words of this sermon, guided by your Spirit, Lead us to the place where you would have us go, rather than leave us where we are currently settled. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. In the early 1990s, I had driven from Iowa to Memphis, and on the way back, since I was alone, I decided on the spur of the moment to take a slight detour and drive through the town in which I was born, Jonesboro, Arkansas. I had not seen the town for nearly 20 years when my last remaining grandparent who had lived there had passed away. So I got off Interstate 55 and I drove to the town of my birth, passing places within the town that I remembered. I passed the large brick home on Main Street where my grandparents who owned the pharmacy had lived. I remembered it being pink when I was young. It was gray now. I remember the Nash Rambler they drove. The chickens we once killed in the backyard and then fried and ate for dinner. They were good. The bright red wagon with the shiny black handle that I got the one Christmas that we spent there. I passed the swimming pool in the park and remember separate hours in which black children and white children were allowed to swim, never together. Then I drove by the house on Steel Street the house to which my grandmother moved after my grandfather died. It was a much smaller house, and it sagged in the middle. You could actually stand, my brother and I would stand at one end of the kitchen and roll, uh, just place a marble down, and it would roll all the way through the kitchen and through the living room to the other side of the house. I remember the night my grandmother locked herself in the one bathroom in the center of the house. My parents pleading with her to come out. 
that I remember visiting her in the state hospital institutions which used to exist with its gray halls and its gray walls. And I remember when she got well and got out. I remember in seminary when my mom called and said the women with whom my grandmother played bridge every week had gone to the house when she hadn't showed up, peered through the window, and found her in her bed, curlers in her hair, purse and mints laid out on the kitchen table awaiting her to awaken and take them to the bridge club, an awakening that never occurred. I remember my mom saying, what a way to go. I then drove over to Cherry Street to the house in which my other grandparents had lived, the only house they had ever owned, across the street from red brick apartments and down the street from a park to which we would walk and play, a park that even had a very small zoo. It was a house with a living room and a kitchen, and a bath, and a bedroom, and a porch that had been added in which I slept when I stayed there amidst all my grandmother's sewing materials and reams of cloth. The house had a small detached garage into which was squeezed their blue and white 56 Chevy, what I wouldn't give for that car today. I remember my dad once telling me that when he was a child growing up in that house, the floor in the kitchen was dirt. But my grandmother swept it every evening. He added, do you realize that even dirt can be as smooth and clean as concrete if you take care of it? Continuing my drive, I noticed the house next door, which I had remembered being chic and pink with Persian architecture and bonsai plants, though I know those were Japanese, and a front yard that looked like a statuary. But now the yard was overgrown. The house darkened. One window was covered with plywood, weathered, not fresh. I don't know if you've had this experience, but whenever you return to a place of your childhood, it is amazing how much smaller everything is than the way you remembered it. In the ancient story of the call of Abram, place plays a major role. Following the confusion that emerges from the Tower of Babel, the Genesis narrator provides a genealogy of all the lines that disperse from the Tower and spread about over the face of all the earth. Abram, later to be called Abraham, appears as one name in this chapter-long genealogy. But then as chapter 12 opens, the Lord suddenly appears and speaks to Abram. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And the narrator adds, 
So Abram went. What is interesting in this central story of Jewish and Christian identity is the role that geography place plays in Abram's call. Robert, Alter trans, Robert Alter's translation brings out this sense of place more vividly than the NRSV from which we read. Alter translates this crucial verse, Go forth from your land and your birthplace and your father's house to the land that I will show you. The designation for the place Abram leaves gets progressively more specific and concrete in this translation. Land, birthplace, father's house. Where Abram is to go remains unspecified at this point, but it is the land, it is geography, it is place, and it is place that God will show once Abram begins his journey and arrives there. In answering God's call, Abram leaves a place that he has known and with which he has become intimate all 75 years of his life. It is to Abram what Shakespeare calls a habitation and a name. Abram sets out for a place that is as yet unknown, unspecified, unnamed, and yet it is a place. Go forth from your land and your birthplace and your father's house to the land that I will show you. It is movement and trust and faith to be sure. But Abram's movement is from one place to another, one geography to another. The trust and faith that Abram has grow out of and develop around geography. Now, if you know the remainder of the story, neither Abraham nor Sarah actually arrive in the land God promises. Neither will Isaac or Jacob or Joseph or Moses or Aaron or Miriam. It will take nearly 600 years and the leadership of Joshua before the people of Israel will actually enter the land originally promised to Abraham and Sarah. Perhaps this length of time is one reason that Christians, following the lead of the Apostle Paul, have focused on belief and trust in calling Abraham the father of faith. But it may be that this focus we have on Abraham's faith and belief and trust as the substance of Abraham's faith can actually lead us to overlook the degree to which Abraham's faith was formed around place. While faith certainly involves belief and trust, faith normally comes to us in a place and it may take us to another place, but our faith is rarely placeless. This is one reason that divisions over holy places, holy sites, holy lands are so intense and long-standing and often lead to religious wars. This is one reason it is so important for religions and, and the societies they influence to do all they can to understand and come to respect one another's 
holy geography and figure out a way through politics to live in the same place. We can never underestimate the role of geography in forming our faith, in giving our faith roots, in leading our faith to live. Even when geography is the source of friction and pain, as it so often is, we cannot escape it. Our faith takes shape around place. Along the way of my growing up, I learned that the sewing room that seemed so vast in which I slept was the place where my grandmother sewed toy animals and pillows and other items that she could make with her hand and her Singer sewing machine to be shipped to missions in Africa and India. I learned that the brown, run-down church in which she worshipped was the place through which she made those shipments, the place through which they were inspired. The place her faith was formed, the church on the other side of the tracks, was never large enough to support a pastor. But it was the first church the first place in which I was invited to preach even before I was old enough to drive. Our faith takes form around place. A friend of mine points out in our culture that in our culture it can be a challenge to develop a rich and strong sense of place. On average, he says, we leave, we leave where we live once every five years. One in five of us in our nation moves in any given year. We change jobs on average every three and a half years, sometimes by choice, sometimes not. Once we move from the rootlessness and mobility that mark the economics and opportunities of our own culture He points out that the world itself is witnessing the highest levels of displacement on record. An unprecedented 65 million people around the world have been forced from home, not called like Abraham and Sarah, but forced. Among them are 21 million refugees, half of whom are under the age of 18. Every day in our world, nearly 34,000 people a day, a day, are forced out of their homes. Faith needs place. And faith grows stronger with place. This is one reason that historically Jews and Christians in this country and around the world consistently seek to welcome the stranger, the foreigner, the resident alien, the refugee, the asylum seeker. Hospitality, the sharing of place, the sharing of our place is central to so many of the foundational stories in our scriptures. As people of faith shaped by our own sense of place, we are wired for welcome. We know the value of place. We know the value of geography.
One of the most enjoyable parts of my work at Westminster is to teach every month the new member classes. Many of you have been through them. We have them every month. They usually have three to five, sometimes six people. But usually a couple of times a year, there'll be a big class that has eight or nine people. And invariably, either Casey or Patrick gets to lead those classes. (laughs) We may need to revise our strategy somewhat. There may be a reason that their classes are larger than mine. But anyway, when you teach a new member class, it is an absolutely enjoyable experience And part of what is enjoyable is that when everybody goes around the room to introduce themselves and to give a little bit of their story of faith or life, invariably a number of them will say, when I walked into Westminster, it felt like the church at home. Place. Place, the value of geography for our faith. There's nobody in the room today that teaches preaching for a living, is there? (laughs) Is there? If there is, would you leave? (laughs) Because I'm going to do something that you're not supposed to do in homiletics, but... It's daylight savings time and everybody is wide awake and your endurance to listen is just very well practiced. So I'm going to read you a poem. You don't have to follow the rhyme because you won't really notice it. It'll really sound more like a story. And I'll try to read it in a way that you can follow. But it's a poem by Philip Larkin called Church Going. And he describes coming upon an ancient chapel in the Irish countryside. Once I'm sure there's nothing going on, I step inside, he says, letting the door thud shut. Another church, matting, seats, and stone, and little books, sprawlings of flowers cut for Sunday brownish now, And some brass stuff up at the holy end, the small, neat organ, and a tense, musty, unignorable silence, brewed God knows how long. Hatless, I take off my cycle clips in reverence, move forward. Run my hand around the font. From where I stand, the roof looks almost new, cleaned or restored. Someone would know. I don't. Mounting the lectern, I peruse a few hectoring large-scale verses. And I pronounce, here endeth, much more loudly than I'd meant. The echoes snigger briefly. Back at the door, I sign the book, donate an Irish sixpence, reflect the place was not worth stopping for. Yet stop, I did. In fact, I often do. And always end much at a loss like this wondering what to look for, 
Wondering, too, when churches will fall completely out of use, what shall we turn them into? If we shall keep a few cathedrals chronically on show, their parchment plate and picks in locked cases, and lease the rest rent-free to rain and sheep, shall we avoid them as unlucky places? Or after dark, will dubious women come to make their children touch a particular stone, pick simples for a cancer, or on some advised night see walking a dead one? Power of some sort will go on in games and riddles seemingly at random. But superstition, like belief, must die. And what remains when disbelief has gone? Grass, weedy pavement, brambles, buttress, sky. A shape less recognizable each week a purpose more obscure. I wonder who will be the last, the very last, to seek this place for what it was. One of the crew that tap and jot and know what Rudloffs were? Some ruined bibber ready for antique? Or some Christmas addict counting on a whiff of gown and bands and organ pipes and myrrh? Or will he be my representative? Bored, uninformed, knowing the ghostly silt dispersed, yet tending to this cross of ground through suburb scrub because it held unspilt so long and equably what sense is found only in separation, marriage, and birth, and death, and thoughts of these, for which was built this special shell. For though I've no idea what this accoutred, frosty barn is worth, It pleases me to stand in silence here. A serious house on serious earth it is, in whose blent air all our compulsions meet, are recognized and robed as destinies. And that much can never be obsolete. Since someone will forever be surprising a hunger in himself to be more serious and gravitating with this hunger to this ground, to this 
place which he once heard was proper to grow wise in. If only that so many dead lie round. A serious house on serious earth the church is. The value, the value of place. Amen.